Well, you may be seated a moment. Last week I didn't get to preach, so this week maybe I'll preach a moment. I got thinking yesterday about something, um, you know, of course, I'm an old codger, you know, so um, I go back a long way. But I was in my office and I was thinking about this. Um, um, there used to be a TV show, I guess it was in the 70s, maybe the 70s or something, and um, is a little black guy, and he was a... Um, um, dry clean, run a dry cleaning business, and the show used to come on, you know, and um, and his name was George Jefferson, and, you know, he would strut out, you know, and uh, with Wheezy, remember Wheezy, and, and so he would come out, and they had that song, I'm moving on up to the top, to a deluxe apartment in the sky, I'm moving on up. And so they would say that song would start like that, and I got thinking, see, that's what we're to do. Spiritually, we ought to be moving up. We don't need to stay status quo. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you something today. I probably won't finish it, but I'm going to give you something that I think will um, give you some insight about moving up. You know, uh, I don't know about you, I want more Jesus tomorrow than I have today. I want more intimacy with the Holy Spirit tomorrow than I had today. Well, it takes something. You know, you just think, well, I just want God poured out. I just want God, just, just give me everything He got, you know. Then we go and do whatever, we live ever how we want to live and do all this kind of stuff. There's three steps to get into your penthouse. Number one is separation or sanctification. Number two is dedication, and number three is supplication, and we're going to look at this this morning. In the Bible, we're talking about separation, and Webster says this, separation is putting apart things or people previously united. In other words, separating from people. So what, what we do, and you've heard me talk about this many times, but in order for us to move up, in order for us to move up, we got to move away. Well, I knew that would be, I knew that would probably get two amen. In order for us to move up further with God, we got to move away from some of the stuff that's keeping us from getting there. And so, it's like, uh, if you got a problem with alcohol, stay away from drunks. You can't get delivered from alcohol hanging around with drunks. You got a got a problem with drugs? Don't hang around peel heads. They won't help you. You got a problem with sexual? And, and, let me tell you something. Sexual perversion is rampant from from all the way from Washington. Well, it's more in Washington than it is anywhere. But sexual perversion has taken over this country. If you've got a problem with sexual perversion, don't go to Hooters. I've never been there, but I've seen, I have seen the Hooters girls. Now, I'm going to ask you a question today. You go to Hooters for a hamburger. Has anybody ever been there? 
Well, we got, we got, well, my God. It's going to be a wonderful altar call today. But you go to Hooters. Okay, they got a girl there with very little on top, very little on the bottom. And she's about 22 years old, and she looks like she's come out of Vogue magazine. And you're there trying to eat a hamburger, and she's there serving you. First of all, you ain't thinking about the hamburger. You could carry less. Someone told me this. I don't know if it's true or not. Someone told me that their food is terrible. Is it? I don't know. Someone told me the food is terrible. But the atmosphere is wonderful. So these guys go, and they got, and you know the only reason they got the girls in those short shorts and tank tops, or not, halter tops? To get your money. That's all they care about is get your money. So if we got a problem with that, we ought to stay away from that. You can't soar with the eagles when you're playing pity pop with the buzzards. You can't have an eagle mentality with your mind in the gutter. So that is that keeps us away from an intimacy with God. God wants all of us. He don't want part of us. He wants all of us. Number two, dedication. Now I'm going to uh, turn real quick. I want you to see this oh, in Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter. In verse 14, Paul said this. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now, I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to say something. Now, I've had people get mad at me, leave the church, because I won't marry them. I am not married. Are you looking to get married, Bob? You can go to the city hall. You can go to the justice of the peace. You can go wherever you want to go and get married. I am not marrying two people who are not hooked up and equally yoked. I'm not marrying an unbeliever and a believer together because it's going to be problems. Now, Paul said, do not be unequally yoked with the believer. One of the biggest problems in America today is, is, is the hormones are raging, and they're wanting to get married when they're uh, 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 18, 19, 20, 22, whatever, years old, and everything is hunky-dory. And then when, when the real world comes, they have problems. And they don't, if you don't have Jesus as the center point of your marriage, you don't have a marriage. It will eventually fall. And Paul said, do not be only for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness or, or unrighteousness. I don't hang around those people. I had this woman, and it was two days before the wedding, and that's not long ago, the two days before the wedding. And I had this woman come and said, uh, 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 now, 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 Pastor, we've got a rehearsal uh, on such and such day. I said, a rehearsal for what? She said, my daughter's getting married. I said, not by me. You're not going to marry her? I said, no. I said, because she's been packed up, shacked up. And most of them been knocked up. Well, I know that didn't go very well. So. 
But I'm saying, you can't hang around that stuff. You've got to separate yourself uh, to get more of God. Now, in verse 17, he said, Paul said this, Come out from among them and be separate. Do not touch what is unclean, and I'll bring you in and receive you. Paul said, look, all you've got to do is separate yourself from the track, and, and, and I'll, I'll, I, I, God will come and be your father. Number two, dedication. Webster says this means wholehearted devotion. That don't mean partly. That means wholehearted devotion. In Mark, the 10th chapter, Jesus is talking with the disciples. And he's trying to tell them what it's going to take to receive everything that he's got. Jesus looked up, and he was talking to them. Peter, in verse 28, Peter said to him, See, we've done it. We've left everything to follow you. Jesus answered and said to him, Surely I say to you, there is not one of you who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospel, who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time, houses, brothers, sisters, and land. Let me tell you something. God will give it back to you. I sit here today with more brothers and sisters than I, it was five of us in our in our family. I've got more I got more friends today than I ever have with my family. You know why? Because my family disowned me. See, family well you'll have problems with your family. But thank God that I've got a church family and I know that I probably got three or four, I think, that love me. I love all of them, but sometimes I, I don't know, you know, if it, it's reciprocal or not. But, uh, you know, but I know what it is to be rejected. But I know that Jesus didn't reject me, that He accepted me. You don't understand that Jesus accepted you with all of your garbage? When you was a when you was a booger, and you was dirty, when no one wanted to be around you, what did Jesus do? He said, "Come unto me, all ye who heavy or heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon me." That's what Jesus did. And so what happens is when, when we come and, and we have that, that supplication, it's a devotion to Him. See, I've done got too old to turn back now. I mean, where am I going to go? I sure ain't. i tell you this. I ain't going to Hooters. i tell you that. Number three, supplication. That word means to humbly request. It means to kneel. It means to submit. Supplication. In Luke, the 10th chapter, verse 38. Now it happened as they went into a certain village that a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word and worshipped Him. 
But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. Look what Jesus said. And he answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. The one thing that is needed, Mary has chosen. Mary has got down and supplicated herself to me. Mary didn't worry about all of the other the, uh, uh, extracurricular stuff. Mary had one thing on her mind, to get down at the feet of Jesus. See, let me tell you something. Until we can get that mentality that everything is out of the way and all I want is more Jesus. You know, you know I'm thinking we've got old people, young people, and God got all kinds of people here. And, and so, it, but it doesn't matter. Anyone is capable of getting closer to God. It doesn't matter about age. And so that's what he's trying to tell Mary. Mary, look, Martha has humbled herself to serve me, and now she's getting closer to me. I could ask you this morning, how many would like to get closer to God? Every one of you would say yes. There's not a person here that would say, no, I don't want to get closer to God. But I ask you this question. Are you willing to do what it takes to get there? Are you willing to do what it takes to get all of God? I was telling Mike yesterday, and you know, when I got saved August 22nd, 1990, August 23rd, we're driving down the road, me and my little wife. And all them years she prayed for me. All them years I lived a lie. I was a deacon in two churches and lost. You don't believe that, huh? Yeah. Do you know the world is full of lost deacons today in the churches that serve in communion? So I, I know all about that. But I remember August 23rd, we were riding down the road to my home. I stopped in the middle of the road. That was That's the next night. Beg said, what's wrong? I said, the Lord has spoke to me and told me to sell everything we have and go to the mission field. The year before, we was in Waikiki Beach on Christmas. The year before I got saved. And we're on the lanai in, in, in Waikiki Beach. And, and so uh, we're on the lanai. And I said, Becky, just think about this. We got a business. We got money coming in. Every Christmas we're going to spend on the lanai. We've never been back. But it takes that to say, I'm going to give it all. And then you know what God has done? He's brought far more back. He has brought far more back than I ever had. Business or whatever, it didn't make no difference. But because, see, that's what God wants. He wants you to get more of Him. Now, and so we get there, and we can see what God will do for us. You know, I, I thank God that we're going to see in this last... Let me tell you something. God's going to have the last word on, on, on this thing, brother. I'm telling you. And I'm going to tell you something. 
um, and you and you're saying this in Washington D.C. Karma is rough. It's coming, buddy. You're going to see people that you thought was really something else. They're going to get on out of the picture, bless God. Because let me tell you something. I don't know where you, it don't matter who you voted for, if you're Democrat, Republican, Hippocrat, or whatever. God ordained Donald J. Trump to come to America to clean up this mess in Washington, D.C. And let me tell you something. They, they, they are rolling in their beds at night down there wondering if they're going to be the next one to fall, bless God. And God's going to have the last word on this, baby. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to see. And they've ridiculed and made fun of us, uh, these church folks and all this kind of stuff. But there's a day coming, bless God, where we're going to shout it from the rooftop, buddy, because we're going to have the victory. And Jesus said here, my sheep know my voice. My sheep know when I'm talking to them. But what is, we have to listen for His voice. And He will direct you. Now in Acts chapter 1, um, I know y'all want to go eat. In Acts chapter 1, in, in, in verse 4, the Bible says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. What was the promise? The promise was the infilling uh, 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 of the Holy Ghost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he said this, John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. Now, he told them this, Oh, that's where I want you to go to Jerusalem. And verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon on you. Power. You should be, have power. There was 120 in the upper room. Now, I want you to understand here that Pentecost was called a harvest celebration. And so what happened is it was a festival of harvest. And it was seven weeks Pentecost was the third week of the seven weeks of the harvest or the celebration. And so there had been, uh, Pentecost was the third week. Now, what happened was on the 49th day, there's been seven weeks of seven days is 49. On the 50th day was when the Holy Ghost fell uh, on the day of Pentecost was the 50th day. Now, that's very important because in the Old Testament, every 50 year was a year of jubilee. Every 50 year was, was when you got set free, bless God. I, I got something here you need to get a hold of. Now, what happened was in the Old Testament, every 50 years, everything that the devil stole, everything that was taken from you was brought back to you. Because they'd blow a trumpet on the 50th year, there'd be a trumpet blown. And when that trumpet sounded, that means that everything that the devil got, everything else that everybody stole from you, had to come back to you. In other words, your belongings come back to you. Now, on the day of Pentecost, on the 50th day, bless God, God brought jubilee to the church. Can somebody help me this morning? I said, when God came down on the day of Pentecost, on the 50th day, 
day, bless God, the power of the Holy Ghost came. Jubilee come to the church. Do you understand that we don't have to wait 50 more years? We don't have to wait 50 more days. Jubilee's in the church today. And, the, and we have the authority to have victory, bless God. We walk in victory. We talk in victory. We need to operate in victory, bless God. And on that day was when the power came to the church. But do you understand that every Sunday morning, somebody, somebody got to help me now. I said every Sunday morning is Jubilee for the New Testament church. My God, we ought to come into church. Let me, if you get a hold of this, just get a hold of this and think now, my God, when I come to church, I, I, I hate that. i got a new cleaner, and they've shrunk up everything I've got. <laughs> but what we ought to do is when we know that we got to be, like this girl right here, brother, let me tell you something. She didn't have a smile on her face two months ago, but thank God she come to a place where we believe in the Holy Ghost. She come to a place, bless God, where we believe that the power of God is stronger than the power of the devil. And if we know where we, you got to know who you are in Christ, bless God. We ought to walk in this church every Sunday morning knowing who we are, and we ought to be strutting like George Jefferson. I'm moving on up to the top. To that deluxe apartment in the sky. That's where the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is alive, bless God. And then we think, well, now, 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 Brother Herb, now, I know you got the Holy Ghost, but now, do you think He wants me to have it? My God, yes, He wants you to have it. I wish we had a, had a church full of tongue talkers, devil kicking Christians, bless God, that work in the power of the Holy Ghost. I talked to a, a, a guy the other day, and he said his sister's having all kind of problems, and his sister was going to come visit them over Thanksgiving. And she's got all kind of problems and, and done all those this, and she's on the telephone, and, and, and she said, you know, I got this. I don't know if I can come. I got a problem with the husband. got a got a problem with the, with the, the, the girl, the kid, or I don't know what, what the deal was. So he said, i tell you what I want you to do. I want you to leave Nashville. And he said, uh, and he asked her, he said, how long has it been since you spoke in tongues? He said, well, it's been a long time. See, that's where the devil kills you. Because that's where your power is. That's where your intimacy is with God is when you get into the to the to the prayer language. That is a direct uh, source to the throne room. Bless God. So he said, "How long has it been since 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 you spoke in tongues?" Well, been, I don't know. It's been a long time. He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get in your car. And he said, I want you to start speaking in tongues until you get down to my house. It's been an hour. 
He said she, his sister pulled up, pulled in the driveway. She got out of the car, and she was, My God, what's going on here? She said, I, I, I don't think I could get out of tongues. Said, I spoke in tongues for a solid hour and said, Heaven, listen to me, Heaven come in the car, bless God. When you get with God and you get closer to God, heaven will come into your house. You want to visit a part of heaven? Start speaking in tongues. I had this guy tell me the other day, he don't go to church here. He needs to. He said, now, Brother Herb, I tell you, said that stuff you preach out there, he said, I'm telling you right now, ain't nobody going to say it. You ain't going to have a big church. I said, I ain't worried about numbers. If I was worried about numbers, we'd have balloon parties, and we'd do cookouts every Sunday, and we'd have all this stuff to attract people. All I want is a few people that believe God and, and, will, and, and will stand and face the devil and, and not back up, brother God. That's all I'm talking about. I ain't talking about a bunch of numbers, bless God. Give me a hundred. My God, they had a Do you understand? They had 120 on the day of Pentecost. What's wrong? Well, I mean, you're laughing. Make sure every tight button. <laughs> Start laughing. I'll make sure everything buttoned up and all that kind. Of... What was I? What was I on? Oh, on the day of Pentecost, God only had 120. How many people you think was down there in Jerusalem? There was thousands. But I tell you what, He did. He, he, he took 120 that believed God. That's all it took like that little, little, little baby right there. Walk in here with a cast on your leg. My God, and, 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 and when we left that Sunday, uh, she took the cast off and I throwed it somewhere. Did you get it, honey? Uh, okay. Huh? We ain't going to wear it. So all it took was 120 to believe God. My God, that's all it would take here. Start believing God. And, and, and I was trying to think, Brother Jerry, you probably know where it is, but it's like the fourth or fifth chapter. I can't remember Acts. And they were said it was 5,000 added to the church. After the day of Pentecost at one meeting. See, if, if, if we could get full of the Holy Ghost, we're stuck. Let me tell you something. You'll see difference in your family. Well, you'll lose a few. But my God, it's the ones you need to lose. But he said now, and then when the day of Pentecost fully come, the Bible says the, the power came to the church. Jubilee come to the church that day. And you know you know the story. And it said they, they was all, uh, let me see here, uh, and suddenly there came a sound and they were filled with, they was filled and the house was filled where they were sitting and there appeared to them divided tongues of fire and set upon each one of them. 
Now, I'm going to ask you this question. Now, you heard a message in tongues this morning. Now, that's scriptural, in case you don't know. It's scriptural. It's in the New Testament. There was an interpretation of that message, which is scriptural. That's in the New Testament. Now, but it said here, when the tongues come, and people say, well, now, now, Brother Herb, now, you know, you're a faith preacher, and that we walk by faith, and we walk not... That we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, you're supposed to be a faith preacher, right? Yeah. Well, now, he said then that the Holy Ghost fell and set upon them, so there must have been... I'm going to give you an example. Do what? Okay. Oh, God, what? (laughs) Now, I'm on... Huh? Are you okay? Okay. Now, now Ryan, I I weigh a little over 200 pounds. Do you feel anything? Yes. Now, the Bible said that the Holy Ghost set on them. Well, they must have felt it. If something sets on you, you have a feeling you felt it. So they felt something. See, it's like here in our church here, uh, uh, when the Holy Spirit moves. Did you ever feel anything, Mike? Now, I want you to look at this guy right here. This guy came in. His dad-in-law and mama-in-law uh, 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 bought him in here uh, uh, two years ago. Because I'm just telling you what he told me. I won't say he's agnostic, but, but, but he, he didn't believe nothing going on here. i tell you that. I bet you all had a real conversation when you left that Sunday. Am I right? Because you said this, right? You said, that's the craziest man I've ever seen in my life. I ain't real sure about all that. Yes, that's, that's you being kind. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I, I did. And, 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 and this precious family here at Penn, anything I ask them to do, they do. Take the children to church. Take the youth to. Anything I ask them to do, they do. And and, and and the guy told him, he said, I love you, Brother Herb. I mean, how many men come up and say you, they love you? Stand up here, man. I'm going to show you how much the Holy Ghost loves you. Because he loves you, and I'm going to pray right now that whatever you've got in your life, there's a double anointing come on you right now. See, when we get hungry enough, but but if you, but you know, <laughs> oh God! I was in a service one time, and, and uh, um, they done a film. I was up in Kentucky, and 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 they done a film. This service, and it was four hours of laughter. And so, I come back and I showed my wife the film. They actually took a film of the service. And I come back and show my wife, and, and she, she laughed for 24 hours. 
I said, what is wrong with you? And here, I'm going to tell you what happened on that. Can I tell you one more story? Pat Corn's over there, and he's a pretty good-sized guy. And so uh, I was preaching at this little church, and, and, and I was preaching that Sunday night. And, and, this, uh, uh, and so I was just preaching. It, it wasn't nothing extraordinary, probably a terrible message. And I was just preaching, and there was about six little girls sitting over on this side of the church. And while I'm preaching, they start laughing. I mean, they just laughing. So I thought, there again, I checked every, all the extremities. <laughs> I checked everything to make sure everything's all right. And so these little girls are just laughing. So I, I, I told one other, I said, bring these little girls up here. I want to what's going on? And the little, the little girls come up here about this little baby's age. And, and so they come up here and they're just laughing. And I said, what, what, what's going on? And they just, <laughs> and they start laughing, and, and they won't shut up. And so they're there, and I just, and I, I never touched them anything. I just said, Lord, just bless them. All of them just fell out on the floor. Nobody called them, and they just fell out on the floor. Well, this uh, piano player was playing the piano. And so this big guy come up, and he said, I want some of that. And he's about pat size right here. And this big guy comes up, and the lady's playing the piano over here on the side of the thing. And so this guy comes up, and he said, I want some of that that those girls got. And I said, well, Lord, just bless him. Well, he fell out and knocked the guy that's trying to catch him, and they knocked them both out on the floor, cold as a cucumber. Well, the piano player quit playing. And she's laid up on the on the uh, the uh, wall, spread eagle on the wall, way back at the end of the wall. And so I thought, my God, what's going on here? So I I, I go over there and I ask this piano player. I, I get her. It's like Velcro. She stuck to the wall. And so I pull her off the wall. I said, Honey, what what's what's going on? She said, well, she said, when you prayed for the big fat guy over there, said, when you prayed for him, said, there was a ball of fire. Said, and it hit him in the head and bounced off him, and I saw it coming, and I tried to get away from it, and the ball of fire hit me straight in the head and pinned me up on the wall. Now, at midnight, here's what I'm telling you the truth. Now, we had church. At midnight, the pastor said, uh, uh, Brother Herb, he said, uh, uh, I'm going to leave, but he said, there's a guy back there in the back and and uh, and, and said, uh, uh, he told me to give you this check, $1,500. Well, the guy gave me the check. Well, the next day, the pastor called me. He said, Brother Herbie said, you know the guy that gave you the $1,500 check? said, he is the elder of the church, and he don't like anything that went on last night. I thought, well, <laughs> I got $1,500 of his money. He said, he don't like anything that went on last night. And he said, he told me to tell you to never come back to our church. 
So I never went back. You know what a church is? The church is dead. Dried up. Dried up. If there's no spirit in the church, if there's no spirit in you, you're dead. When the spirit leaves you, you're dead. You're gone. When the spirit leaves the church, the church is dead. It'll dry up. I'm trying to get you to get closer to God. I'm trying to get you to get more of God. Now, I know we got people here say, Brother Herb, I, I don't want I, I, You know, like this guy here. I don't want to act like him. I ain't never took a drug. I don't know what drugs are. That's a good drug here. Brother, you're going to have to get somebody to drive you home. you in bad shape. I tell you, I tell you, he is in. Well, get me a little music up here. Now, I'm going to ask you this morning here. Everybody stand. I know y'all have got to get out of here in this Christmas. I'm going to ask you this morning. How many like get a touch like he got? How many like get a feeling like he got? You say, well, now, now you know, now, now brother, you talk about, about a feeling. Yeah, I'm talking about a feeling. Jeremiah said it was like it shut up, just shut up in my bones. And I had to get it out. Um, Jason, I, I saw yesterday, I was watching a little bit of that. Uh, uh, I, I've been praying for you, brother, but I watched that game yesterday. But they said it's the biggest crowd ever, about a hundred something thousand people, whatever it was there, you ever have been there to people. Do you think, you think they was feeling anything? Yeah, they was feeling something. They happy because whatever team they pulling for was winning. It's like in the church. We ought to be happy that we got. Let me tell you something. You ought to thank God. Not for me. But you ought to thank God that you can come to a place where there's freedom to worship ever how you want to worship. I don't make you come up to get prayed for. I don't tell you how to get prayed for. You don't ever have to get prayed for. Uh, it don't matter to me. I just thank God you come. Because I found this out. You stay around a wet riverbank long enough you will eventually slip in. Now, I asked this guy right here. He had a bad week, week before last. He told me, he said, I just had a bad week. I got state troopers stopping me and this stopped me and all this other kind of stuff. I just had a bad week. And we prayed for him. Did I give you a, 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 a hydrogen? Now, Two months. One, one thing after, it's been every week. Well, now, we, we broke the bond last yes, week, right? Did, yes. am, I, am I telling the yes. truth? Yes. I'm, not, I'm just not making this up. We prayed that the devil lose his grip off you. Did, what kind of, do you have a good week? I had a real good week. Well. Yes. Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord, just want to praise you. 
I want you to come this morning if you want prayer. Every head bowed, let me ask you this question. Do you know for sure, 100% sure, that if you were to die today, that you'd make heaven your home? I'm not talking about thinking about it. I'm talking about, do you know? I'm not asking you to join a church. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to get baptized to be saved. You get saved, you accept Jesus as your Savior. Then you get baptized. But you may be here and say, Pastor, I don't really know. If I were to die, if I'd make heaven my home, if that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray for you right where you're at. God bless you, sir. It was ordained today for you to come. I don't know anything about you. Don't know one thing about you. God bless you, sir. I don't know anything about you, but I know that Jesus loves you. And I know this. Here's one thing I do know. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, how much... I don't know, whatever you've done. Because 2,000 years ago on the cross, Jesus died for you.